Shalom, this is Rabbi Brian. If our podcasts have been a blessing to you, will you please consider being a blessing to the nation of Haiti? Mishkan David supports two works of the Lord in Haiti. The first is our Beth Chesed Orphanage, where almost 40 children are cared for and taught about the God of Israel and the Messiah Yeshua. We also support Messianic congregation Mishkan Yeshua Haiti, which is overseen by our own Rabbi Peter Oliveira. Adonai is doing a supernatural work there to bring the love of Yeshua and the restoring power of his Torah to the entire nation. Visit www.torahforhaiti.org. That's www.torah, number four, haiti.org to sponsor a child at our orphanage or to make a one-time tax-deductible donation. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you as you listen to the word delivered at our Mishkan David Shabbat service. Shalom. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, we ask that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you, Father. <clears throat> that you may have your way in this hearing, O oh God. <clears throat> we give you honor, we give you praise, Father, and we do not consider it a light matter to have the opportunity, Father, to express your heart, Father. But we know that we're not here ministering to flesh and blood. We stand in the courts of heaven ministering to the sons and daughters of the living God. Not just any sons and daughters of the living God, but the ones that before the foundation of the world, he chose to come forth and be the generation that fully manifests the living God of Israel. Not in part. In fullness. And so, Father God, it is to that spirit in these earthen vessels That we minister to, Father God. We pray, Father God, that this will be the last message that they will ever hear. We don't understand that, Father, but I, there is a reality to your word that, that there is... There is a last message that the sons and daughters of God hear. After that message, they never again need to hear another message after that. There is a last message. And, and Father, we ask that this morning in this hearing, your sons and daughters will hear 
a less message. And maybe not all of them will hear it, but maybe if just one or two hear it, Father God, that's all it takes, Father God, because, you know, you don't catch the whole forest on fire at once, Father. You start with a little twig. <laughs> You start with a little twig. You start by a little flick of a cigarette out a window that didn't just go out. It didn't go out. There's a little spark that comes off of that little cigarette and it catches something on fire. And it's a little thing. It's so small a child could put it out in one second. You could spit into it and put it out. But it is an unrecognized spark there is a spark that takes place nobody's there watching it and by the time they call the the the, the fire department it's too late because the thing already started growing. The fire begins to consume the forest. Father God, we ask that before they call the, 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 the religious fire department to come in this place here this morning to put out the fire. Father, we just, we just ask that this will happen in silence, Father God. <laughs> By the time they come with the sirens, it's too late. Thank you, Father. We ask that you minister unto yourself this morning, O oh God. <laughs> Through the vessel to the vessel. Thank you, Father. Father, we ask this morning that we'll begin to understand things not through a perspective of human understanding, but from a perspective of the heart of God, from your heart, from your understanding, Father God. Father, we do not want to travel through this, through this Torah portion this morning uh, as, as, as relating to the children of Israel and what you've done for them. That is an old revelation, Father God. We don't need to know what you're going to do for us. You've done enough already. We don't need to see what else, how else you're going to bless us. Father, bring us to a place where we don't need to know what your blessing is, that we may know that we are the blessing of which you speak of. The promises that we've wanted. We are the promise givers. We are the ones who are carriers of the fullness of your promises, oh God. Father, there, there, there is a mindset that we, that, that, that we default to because we physically, we physically are related to the first Adam. The first Adam was always consumed with right and wrong, right and wrong. Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this right? Is this wrong? Oh, I've been bad. I'm going to be punished. I've been good. I'm going to get a reward. Father, deliver us from this Adamic nature. For there are two Adams, Father, in this field. One will be taken and one will remain. That's going to mess somebody up out there. That's all right. No disclosure here. You should have known it. You should, you should have Googled it. You should have done something. You should have said, who's, who's preaching? Who's preaching? Because if the Spirit of God is speaking, you got to know you're going to be messed up. <laughs> oh, I don't know of any story in Scripture where the Spirit of the Lord showed up and started doing something. Everybody's like, oh, hallelujah, amen. We all agree with that. Yes, yes, eat my body, drink my blood. Yeah, we're cannibals, let's go. We're ready. Go up to the mountain, sacrifice your son. Yes, sir, no problem. What are you doing, Abraham? I'm sacrificing my son. The Lord done said it, it's biblical. 
Oh, no, 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 no. When you have an encounter, when you have an encounter with God, sometimes at night you have to leave the, the place with, where people understand God and you have to go in the middle of the night to talk to him face to face. You're the Nicodemus who needs to understand. You've been taught, you understand, you've been to school. You know this thing by heart, but you don't know the heart of this thing. The Father is getting us to the place where we know the heart of the thing, for we know that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We are the Spirit carriers. We are the carriers of the Spirit Torah. We are the carriers of life in a dying world. And we need to begin to understand this thing, not from human perspective, but from the heart and the perspective and the understanding of the Father. Do you, do you know that if you read the Torah portion and, and, and try to relate to it through the experience of the people of Israel, then you are bound to be like the children of Israel who have to be coddled and held by the hand constantly. And I have news for you. There is amazing revelation in this Torah portion this week. But let me tell you something. God said, I will make a new covenant with my people. Not like the one I made when I took them by the hand out of Egypt. I'm going to take this thing and write it in their mind and in their heart. When you begin to see and understand and perceive the scriptures through the heart of God, you begin to see things you've never seen before. <laughs> there are two atoms on this field. One will be taken and one will remain. <laughs> you got you to understand the story from the heart of your father. But by the way, the reason why I say your father is because he is your father. And the second reason is because the, the, <laughs> the apple don't fall far from the tree. Your father is the tree. You don't fall far from the tree. Your father is the tree. And inside of you is seed that can multiply into millions of trees. Oh, I don't have time to tell you there's something inside of you that's greater than the tree. Not ready for that yet. Not ready for that yet. We still want to be at the, at the cross. Oh, the cross is gone. Oh, no. What are we going to do now? <laughs> Father, this morning, speak to sons, Father. Speak to daughters, Father. Do you know there's something inside of you right now that's desperate, desperate, desperate for the Lord to come and say something to help you? I got bad news for you. That part of you that's desperate, Lord, please give me something. That's the part that needs to die. That's the part that the Lord didn't come here to minister to. He's ministering to the part that says, <laughs> I know my Redeemer lives. I don't need proof of it. I don't need to say, well, because of this, because of that. I just know, I know there's a reality inside of me. I don't need to receive anything. I am, I am that I am, for my Father is the great I am. There is a reality, a reality. 
We begin to understand the word through this reality of the Father's heart. Everything changes. Never again do you find out what time is it? When is this going to start? How loud is the music? Is the music secular or holy? You never understand. Because when you understand the heart of the Father, everything is holy. Everything is holy. <laughs> and the descendants of the first Adam who are trying to figure out how to get close to God haven't even realized that you cannot get close to something that is inside of you. It's impossible. Father ministered to us as sons and as daughters, oh God. Hallelujah. That we may understand. You know, it boggles my mind how often times, I mean, I have people that says, you know, Rampa, just the other day, Rampa, Rampa, what, what version of scripture do you read? <laughs> version. Version. <laughs> the virgin kind. <laughs> The one ain't never been laid. I don't know. You see, people don't understand. You see, because your cognitive mind can't understand. I, I don't need to read a virgin in scripture. I just need to know that I'm the virgin that the scripture is impregnating. Some of you are like, let me think, what does that mean? Let me think. Whatever you, whatever you figure out is going to go out the window because it's not meant to be understood. Well, I done read the scriptures like 20 times every year. I got my yearly roundabout, roundabout, roundabout. Man, you should start eating the thing. I mean, it take you 20 times to... Every year. Now, I ain't busting on anybody who's reading scripture. You should just read it, do whatever you got to do with it. I'm just saying that the plan of God has nothing to do with your ability to read it over and over and over. You could take all the Bibles in the entire universe and burn them, and nothing can take away the promise that your father has. I'm going to place my word in your heart. Every jot, every tittle. There'll be nothing missing. Therefore, whatever you read, stop reading to understand the scripture. Say, Father, I'm reading so that I will decrease and you will increase. I don't need to understand this. I need to become this. Come on, somebody. Get a, get a witness out in here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't agree. <laughs> Glory. Begin to understand that in this story, there is a heart of a father. That's what you, you, you can, you know, the problem of us, we've had such screwed up fathers that it's really difficult to understand. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And believe me, if you had an awesome father, it's still so difficult to understand. <laughs> because your awesome father cannot match the father. 
You know, we begin to read scripture. We read scripture. You know, I was just reading this the other day. I come across it. I, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't sit around sitting, reading scripture. I come across it because people done come and text me and says, Rabbi, what does this mean? And I said, I don't know. Where is it? You know, you know, this, you know, you know John 3, 16. What do you think about this? Is, okay, what is it about? I have no idea. Can you please... You know, I don't know verses, numbers. Can you just, you know, John 3, 16, man, you don't know me. <laughs> Could you please, I don't know, numbers, I don't know, tell me what it is. And then they'll tell me, I forgot to love them. Oh, yeah, that one, yes, yes, yes. That's a good, good thing. <laughs> I don't even know where this stuff is. I come across it. And sometimes I come across stuff that I do not like. I want to rip it out of my Bible so I do not like to read this. There's one scripture I come across. This, you know, this past week I was speaking about it, like down in Steenhatchie. We were in Steenhatchie. That, that, <laughs> we were down in Steenhatchie, <laughs> where the ladies have to wear long dresses and, and closed-toed shoes. <laughs> you got to try it, men. You got to try it, men. Wear dresses and closed shoes. You can get closer to the Lord. See, I guess if you, the, wear, the way you wear your shoes helps you get closer to the Lord. The way, the way you have your hat and your hair. You got to wrap it up in the bun, <laughs> hack it, don't stack it. Or was, no, it's the other way around. Stack it, don't hack it. <laughs> there was a sister, she's so beautiful. She's like, the Lord, the Lord done, done impressed me on my heart. I cannot cut my hair because I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, stack it, don't hack it. <laughs> praise the Lord. Who am I to say the Lord didn't say that? I praise the Lord. But you better stack it and not hack it to become more like Jesus. <laughs> Whatever you do, let it be to be transformed into likeness <laughs> of the Son. So I'm reading this scripture and it says, uh, uh, In this world, you will have many tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, you may have come across this scripture, and you may have even said, oh, praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. He's done overcome the world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, you're reading the scripture like an idiot, because if you have any sense, you should ask yourself, okay, okay. What does that have to do with me? Let, let, let me break it down in a way that you can comprehend it. Because, because you can't understand scripture. Where, amen, amen don't mean you get it. It just means you done said a religious thing that make you look like you're holy. Amen. Amen. Praise the glory. I need that right there. Hallelujah. Let me, let, let me break it down in a way that we can understand in our level. Okay? It's like it's the last test you have on the most difficult classes of your schooling. And you're sitting down and you're sweating and you're sweating. Ain't enough deodorant that can keep those sweat lengths from pouring. You don't, man, it's, you're sweating. You're dying. Some of you crammed for the test, but your brain, your noggin is not able to memorize this material. And you, you're, you're dreading the test because you know that when the paper shows up in front of your face, it, 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 everything you memorize is going to go blank. 
can I get a witness in here? Have you been there? By the way, this is just an aside. The people who get all the degrees, it don't mean they're smart. It just means they have this gift of memorization. They don't know what to do with the stuff. They just remember it all. Which means if you have a, a little tape recorder, your tape recorder is about as smart as any PhD because all you got to do is hit the paper, the recorder, stick it in your pocket, and then listen to the answers, and you get everything right. How in the world, how in the world does your ability to memorize things have anything to do with your ability to reason, your ability to understand, your ability to have the heart of God? I'm a good tape recorder. I, I done memory. So you're in the classroom. You've studied, and it doesn't matter whether you studied or if you didn't study. Maybe you're out partying all night long. You should have been studying. You didn't study, and now you're really screwed because you know the test is here, and you can't get. This is a special test now. There's 613 questions on the test, and you have to get them all right. And by the way, if you miss one, you don't get an F. You get the guillotine. You're going to die. So you're really nervous because even if you remember like 600 of the questions perfectly, there's still that 13, those 13 you just might not know. Like, like maybe it says, you know what, if, if you come into your town there's a dead guy and you don't know who killed him, then the elders of the congregation have to bring a blank, snap its neck, fill in the blank. You're like, oh, 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 Lord, oh, Lord, what was it? What was it? They got to snap his neck. What was it? Oh, my God, what was it? Anybody, anybody, you better get it right. Oh, it must be the lamb. No, Jesus is the lamb. He can't have a snap neck. Okay, now what is it? What is it? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And you're messed up. You got to get it right. <laughs> and that clock is going tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. And you're looking at it. What I'm describing, okay, by the way, this, this, this is very therapeutic to me. Because what I'm describing to you, having been raised dyslexic, it was my every day, every day in school was like this. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick I remember, I remember every single day, every single subject. I hated every subject. I had, especially the spelling. The, the teacher would say, okay, okay, today... We have some words that you've been studying for the past two weeks. You've done written it on the board a hundred thousand times. You memorized it. It's on the test. It's 25 words. The time starts now. This is me. Dang. I'm going to get hit 25 times. Because for every word you get wrong, you get a whack. Whack! I said, man, I hate these weeks where there's 25 words. I like the weeks when there's like 13 words or 10 words. That's 10 whacks. I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord, get us to the day when there'll be like one word. Just one word. One word. This is why I'm so thankful that God sent the word. The word. It's one word. I can handle one word. Because I can handle one whack. <laughs> you got to understand me. You got to feel my pain. 
I'm sitting there. So back to the, the, the every day, every day. I'm telling you, you don't know me that well, but come close to me. There is a gash on my lip. A gash on my lip because I remember being a child sitting there in front of a word that I just wrote like a thousand times. Then the word was taken out of my sight and, and I was told, now write the word. And I was shaking and shaking and shaking. And the last thing I remember, my head was banged into a board and I gashed up my lip and I was bleeding. And let me tell you something. You might be saying, oh, poor Rabbi Peter. I can't believe let me, That was the best day of my life. You know why? Because when blood was gushing out of my mouth, I didn't get whacked. They rushed me out of there, took me to the hospital. I says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm in the hospital with a busted lip. Hallelujah. God is good. Saved by the blood. Saved by the blood. Saved by the blood. You don't know the salvation of the blood until this happens. Oh, glory. Ain't nobody coming into this hospital and telling me to spell a word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, oh, the blood of Jesus. I don't care if it's Jesus, Yeshua. I don't care if it's my blood. All I know, I was saved by the blood. <laughs> Hallelujah. No whack for me. I, you know, I'm laughing too because I'm here now talking. I was, this is my reality. And I used to love. I used to love. True or false tests. I am guaranteed 50%. But I'm telling you. But I don't, I don't even know the math to explain it. But like 50-50 means if there's 100 questions, if, if all you got, now you can't go, you can't go, you can't try to figure it out and just go back and forth, yes, 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 no, no, no. That's going to mess it up. What you got to do is you got to take the test and you mark them all. Yes, yes, yes. If you do it all yes, you have about a 50% chance of getting half of the test right. I'm just breaking it up if you're ever in that situation. You got to use your head. Don't try to figure it out because I guarantee you, you're going to mess it up. But where it's yes, it'll be no. Where it's no, it should be yes. That's what you're going to do. It's going to mess it all up. You just got to go. So you're guaranteed 50 wax. You accept it. But ain't not, that ain't too bad in comparison to getting 100 wax. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's a mess. I remember it, and I remember it well. So there you are, taking the test. Sweating. Frightened. And that nerd kid, you know the one who always finishes the test before anybody else does? Like, he can't shoot a ball into the goal. He can't even run. He can't even walk straight. He's nerdy as all heck. But somehow, I mean, he answers the questions faster than I can even read the questions. I remember one time, I was just going down, just going ticka, 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 ticka. I wasn't even reading the questions. And when I got, just before I, I scratched the last little number, that nerdy kid was up with his paper ready to, and he's, 
This, this is the kid at the end of the school year. He's going to be the valedictorian. Summa cum laude. You know who I'm talking about? Now let me break it up to you so that you understand what you're reading in Scripture. It says, he mean. That's like you're sitting here dying because this test, you can't do it. And the summa cum laude passes by you and says, let not your heart be troubled, for I have aced the test. How many of us will say, well, amen, they're good for you. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. I, you know what? Here's another test that you've aced. Well, praise the Lord. As I go back to my test that I know is all messed up. Oh, not, oh, not, oh, oh. Oh, now that scripture don't make no sense. Uh, or, or maybe you've done that. Maybe you have such kind heart that when you see the valedictorian finish his test and he aced it, you can sit there and you know you're going to get a whack and you say, see you after school later on. Math, math club, I'll see you there. Got to finish the test. Don't worry, I aced it. Yes, I know. Stop rubbing it in. How many of us would say, oh, that's a good thing. But it's not a good thing. It has nothing to do with me. I don't know about you, but in all my years of schooling, I have never, ever, ever had a valedictorian's perfect test help or benefit me. Unless you were sitting next to me. I'll drop my pan. How is it? A, A, C. A, C, D. Uh, gotta, gotta go to the bathroom. Then you make the mistake. You, you, got, you gotta make sure the person you're looking at their test, you gotta make sure they got a perfect test. I hate that. You know, there was times I got answers for somebody else's test. I still got it wrong. <laughs> so you gotta know who you're copying up from. But you see, this makes no sense. Okay, great, you have overcome the world. But newsflash. I'm the one who's stuck in this world. And every day, every day I'm dealing with difficulties. It's me dealing with these difficulties. <laughs> okay, you did it. 2,000 years ago, fine, I'm going to read this story. Oh, and Jesus turned the other cheek, and Jesus did this, and Jesus did that, and he said, peace be still. Whoop-dee-doo, I am here today. And I've been through many storms with my family in a boat. You don't know how many times I stood in a boat, bow of the boat. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. In Jesus' name, in Yeshua's name, in Yahuwah name. Honey, get, get, get me the anointing oil. Sprinkle anointing all over the ocean as the ocean comes over me. I bind you. I loose you. Shatta rabba shatta. E-D-D-I-E. I mean, I, got, I try to remember how do people speak in tongues. I don't even know if I can speak in tongues. But I got to try. 
Eddie backwards, E D D I E. Can I see it in my sunglasses? Hallelujah. Speak like you got a machine gun on your mouth. Not one wave slowed down because of my ratatatata. Okay, Lord. Good for you. You done overcome the world. I'm stuck in it. And there ain't much I'm overcoming. <laughs> Good for you. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I get it. I get it. You think that because he overcame the world, he's the example. Just follow the example. Oh, let me do it. Let me do it. Pick up your bed and walk. <laughs> Try it, man. Try it. Try it. Run on water. Try it. I've done it. And I did it. I'm still walking on water. I mean, the first step, I went right down to the bottom. But it was that fraction of a second where my foot touched the top of the water in that segment of a millionth of a second I was walking on water I mean if you slowed it down slow motion I'm still on the water I'm here you see and and our father wants us to be honest with him don't read the scripture and says oh okay I have a come there okay amen I get it you can't get it you have to say father I'm reading it but this makes no sense help me understand what do you mean by this because I'm still stuck in this hellhole I'm here <laughs> and I pray and I fast and I cry and I shout and I read and I ask for counsel. I have anointing oil. People lay hands on me. And I have not yet crossed over a line where I say, Ah, praise the Lord. I get it now. I'm here. It's a reality. And if you're here this morning and you're like, well, just, well, that was back then. Well, good for you. But let me tell you the truth. There are people here this morning who are stuck in that hellhole right now. People who don't even know how they were able to get themselves here. People who literally fought before they came here with, with a war in their mind. Why are you even going? Why are you going? Why are you going? What makes you think that you're going to hear something that's going to help you this time when you've been hearing it over and over and over and over and over and over and it's gotten you nowhere? You may not be that person, but there's someone here who may be. Or you may not be that person today, but you may be that person next week. And next week you're screwed because there's no service or... What are we going to do? What does this mean? We have to understand what it means. Let me explain to you what that scripture means. The Messiah says, in this world you'll have many tribulations. It's a huge test, but be of good cheer. I've aced the test. I've aced it. This is what you need to understand. I'm going to bring it back down to a level that we can understand from our reality realm. You're sitting in the same classroom. It's the same impossible test. 
you are dying of fear. You know that in the best day of your life, the best you can do, the best you can do is 99 out of 100. But you know in this particular test, if you miss one, it's as if you miss the whole thing. So you're sitting there shaking, praying, weeping. Fear and dread consumes you. And this valedictorian comes by your desk and he says, don't be afraid. I know the test is really difficult, but be of good cheer. I've aced the test. And you're looking at him like, what? And here's the part you don't know. He takes your paper with all the wrong answers, puts it under his arm, and takes his aced test, puts it on your desk. And when you look at the name, it's blank. And he says, write your name on the test. Then he takes that test that is all corrupt, the test that proves that you're not worthy of anything, and he puts his name on the test that belongs to the people who don't deserve to pass the class. And he goes to the teacher who's the father, and he places the test you screwed up with his name on it on the desk and pulls up his back. <laughs> and you sit there and you look down and you say, this is not fair. This is not fair. I didn't know any of these answers. Why is he suffering? And you know this is, this is a pencil test. So you say, no, no, no. I, I can't let him get all the beatings. I got to get something wrong so that I can go over there and take a beating for him. And you try to erase his perfect answers. And you can't. You realize he was using an ink pen when he was supposed to be using a pencil. And you can't erase his. And then you take your pen and you try to write something. As you try to screw it up, you can't touch the test that he put together together on your behalf you can't scribble it out you can't change your name you can't do anything to it it is sealed there is nothing left on your pencil to write with tears fill your eyes and you can't see the sheet on the paper you can't change the fact that you received the perfect test answers and legally, your name is on the perfect test. Legally. The father looks and says, oh, now here's a perfect one. Who is this? It's Mary. It's John. <laughs> it's Harvey. It's Michelle. It's Lisa. It's Peter. It's Valerie. It's Brian. It's you. Legally, you 
get the reward for a test that you could never pass. When you know that, you will begin to understand why Yeshua says, in this world, you will have many tribulations, but be encouraged. This means I can't, I can't change the test. I can't change the fact that you are awake at this time in place, and in this time and place, you see the test all over the place. But be of good cheer. I've already accomplished it, and I have handed in with your name on it. So I, I can't stop what's happening around you. <laughs> but I've already handed in your success. You need to know this. <laughs> the valedictorian, the summa cum laude of your soul has already handed it in the test, which means you can leave here this very moment and F it up. You can't change the fact that your name is not on the thing you're Fing up. You can't change it. Your name has already been handed in. The time is complete. It is finished. Does that ring a bell? It's finished. The test is complete. So now you're going through these tribulations, but the test is complete. Your name has been handed in. The Father has a pile of papers. A pile of papers. They're all perfect. The father is wondering, how did they do this? I have a class and I have millions of students. They all got it right. And there's this one scoundrel that screwed it up. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Move him on. I need to see angels. Who is he? Who is he? And the father is looking for this idiot, this fool, this one who does not deserve any, anything other than the, the wrath of God. Where is he? Where is he hiding? And 2,000 years ago, the father, moving trees, moving everything, he found in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he was. There he was. And when the father saw, the father had to turn his back on this thing because this thing does not deserve any mercy, any forgiveness. This thing doesn't deserve a second chance. This thing has rejected everything. This, this thing is the racist. This thing is the homosexual. This thing is the lesbian. This thing is the pedophile. This thing is the adulterer. This thing is the son who needs to be brought outside the camp and stoned to death. But this thing is worse than the sun that has to go out to be stoned to death. This thing is the curse of humanity. And as a serpent was placed up on a pole, so this thing, the very first thing in all of creation that was cursed, the symbol of the curse, the symbol of transgression, the thing that has a symbol connected to everything who needs to be brought down and need dirt for the rest of its existence, that thing 
symbolized by a serpent, is what this thing is. And he who knew no sin became sin that we may hand in the perfect answers to the impossible test. Father, Peter, somebody, stay awake with me just for one hour. Can you believe that? The king of the universe who silences the storm, who raises the dead, who walks on water, who takes a little bread and a little fish and feeds thousands. The one who needs nothing is pleading. Can somebody stay awake with me? Peter, just one hour. Jesus, take a chill pill, man. Relax. Everything is going to be okay. Remember you taught us? Don't worry about tomorrow. You taught us this. I don't know what you've been smoking, Jesus, but you're getting a little too worked up here. Kind of scaring us a little bit. <laughs> the king who could summon legions of angels. Let me tell you something. He can not only summon legions of holy angels, he can summon legions of demonic angels at the same time and have them do whatever he wants. How is it that he can't handle one lousy night? Come on. Get it together, Jesus. Just one night. Everything should be okay. <laughs> you don't understand. You don't understand. Father. 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 Do you realize that when he's crying out to the Father and then he calls Peter, it means that he's closer to Peter than he is closer to the Father for the first time. There is a complete separation between the Father and the Son. And the Son cannot call on the Father because the Father has to turn his face away from the Son. Why? Because his face is now on the Son. He can't look at the one because he's got all the wrong answers to the test, but he can only look at the ones who answered it perfectly. So the father is looking at you, and he sees the son. He sees perfection. He sees the perfect work. He sees the, the reflection of himself when he's looking at you, but he can't look at this one being in the universe, which is the one who knew no sin and became sin, that we could become the righteousness of God. Father, 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 pass 
lift this cup from me. One time. Father, if it's possible, pass this cup from me. The weight, the weight is, is pressing him down. And because we have an Adamic nature, we think he's pleading to avoid a beating. He's not pleading to avoid the beating. He doesn't care that he's going to be sacrificed. He doesn't care he's going to be spat at. He doesn't care that they're going to pierce him. He doesn't care about that because in, in case you don't know, if you get the crap beat out of you, you don't even feel it. You enter into shock. You're, you're, I mean, I've gotten beat up so bad, you don't feel it. You're in shock. Maybe the next day you feel it. He was not trying to avoid the physical that was about to come on him. He was not trying to avoid the physical that was coming on him. He was asking, pleading if it was possible to save humanity without drinking a cup. It had nothing to do with hanging on a cross. <laughs> come on, there was two thieves who hung on a cross and even busted their kneecaps. They suffered even more than Jesus. You've got to understand it. It's not the physical that he was hoping you see, when we see this story through human understanding, we, we, we think, oh my goodness, I sinned, and now he suffered so much. And then you live the rest of your life trying to make yourself suffer so that you can be worthy of this gift of God. You can't be worthy of the gift of God. You weren't even born when he decided to save you. He brought salvation before the foundation of the world. You were not even thought. Light had not even yet peered into the atmosphere. He set it up before the foundation of the world. And when you begin to understand as sons of God you rejoice at this thing for even he was asked of Job where were you when the sons of God rejoiced as he was sending and hurling the stars into the heavens you've already heard this message you've already been here you've already heard from the father before you came to your mother's womb you forgot who you are this isn't new this is just your father reminding you of that which you have forgotten you're an ancient generation. You're as old as your father is. If your father could have a first thought, which is impossible, then you would have appeared when he first thought of you. And it was long before he created this earth. He fell in love with you. That's why he had to continue knowing what was going to happen. He couldn't stop. He couldn't say, scratch it, let me do something else. He can't scratch it because when he thinks it, it's eternal. You are an eternal reality of the thought of God. You're a physical walking manifestation of a pleasant thought of God. God's daydreaming has appeared when you came through your mother. Father. Oh, you don't understand what was happening on that night. What is this cup? What is this cup? What is this cup if it's not suffering? What is this cup? Oh, you had no problem coming down and dying for everybody. <laughs> that was not the problem. The problem is that you couldn't do it. <laughs> Being holy. He <laughs> had to do it with our sickness in a cup. And he had to drink it so that our sins would be inside of him. That's what he was pleading. Is it possible that this cup be passed from me? 